higher world beyond this material dimension that we currently exist in? Do you believe in such beings as spirits and angels, and that it's possible to communicate with such beings when you need help and guidance in your life? Do you believe in the power of mind and of the human spirit, and that this universe in which we live is far more magical and fantastic than we have been told? If so, you're not alone, and in this podcast, we will endeavor to talk about some of these subjects and focus on the growth of our greater selves. This is the Infinite Journey. Blessings one and all, and welcome to the Infinite Journey Podcast. I'm Paul James Caden, and in today's show, we are going to be talking about breaking free from the fetters of this material world. And this is a very interesting topic because every religious and spiritual tradition all over the world, no matter what it is, has told us for centuries that one of the things we must do to gain enlightenment, rise in consciousness, ascend into the realms of the heavens, is that we must die to this world. We have to tame those cravings and those lusts that we have for the things of this current world that we live in. Now, that doesn't mean that we walk around like zombies and we don't have any desires, we don't do anything, we're just uh, waiting to die and, you know, go to heaven or, you know, uh, reach enlightenment. Uh, That's not what they're talking about. Of course, you enjoy life, you do things, you know, you, you have happiness and a fulfilled life and lifestyle, but you don't have such a craving for the things of this world that it becomes a detriment to you psychologically, but also spiritually. There are various schools of thought out there. Uh, The Gnostics believe that there were beings called the Archons, and the Archons were the ones who created this material world, and they keep souls trapped within it. They keep, up, uh, they keep us in this loop. They keep us tempted. Uh, when we die, we're reincarnated because we always feel or we're convinced by the archons at our time of death who may appear to us as our loved ones or an angel and tell us, oh, you have to go back. You have this unfinished business. So they keep the soul going through this cycle of life, death, rebirth, and we're in this prison planet, so to speak, while they feed on the negative energy that we create here. Because they know that outside of communion with the one true God, we are never going to obtain peace within ourselves, peace in this world. And so they keep us in this whole system of power struggle and war and conflict 
And the only way to break free of that cycle and bypass the deception of the Archons is to rise above the desires of this world, become like Christ, have the mind of Christ, die to the lusts of this material world that we currently live in. Buddhists also believe that if we become immersed in this particular world and our actions and our thoughts are always filled with stress and we do bad things, we hurt others, we're always immersed in just trying to get what I think I need in this world, then of course we will be reincarnated. We'll stay on this cycle again of birth, death, then entering life again, because there's always something that our consciousness or our karma feels that we need to return for. In Scientology, they believe that we as souls that they call Thetans, we are the ones, it's kind of a a little bit of a, a different take on the New Age philosophy that we are the ones who created this world, and then we inhabited this world of materiality and forgot who we were. And then we have to remember, we have to make our way back towards God. We have to uh, purge ourselves of all of the trappings of this world. So Scientology has kind of a, uh, a basis on that, that they believe we are the ones who created this world. And we keep coming back. They believe in reincarnation because we're hooked on this, uh, not only the things of this world, but the system that's in place. We've kind of become hypnotized as souls in uh, a physical body that we think the universe can't exist, life can't go on, we can't go on, we're not going to be happy unless we stick to these rigid systems that we've created in the universe, in our world, in our governments, in our religions, in the whole aspect of our being. So until we're free of all that, uh, we can never ascend to the higher heights of the heavens or infinity and be free. So this is just mentioning uh, a few philosophies that talk about this kind of thing, and there, there are many more. And, and I think there is some truth in all of these particular viewpoints. Because, you know, if you really think about it, if you really, really think about it, there are people in this world who are absolutely obsessed with money and power and they will make any decision or do anything to hold on to that money and that power or to gain more money and more power there are people that are absolutely uh, obsessed with gaining you know they don't have any money or power at all but they're obsessed with gaining fame and fortune and power and popularity and that's everything to them. How many times have we heard people say, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard it too, or maybe you've said it yourself, you know, if, I, if there's reincarnation, when I come back, 
uh, I want to be rich. I don't want to go to a dead-end job. I want to be born into a family that has money, and I want to do what I want with my time. I don't want to go to this job anymore. I don't want to be, you know, responsible uh, to a schedule. I just want to do what I want to do. There are people that are obsessed with, with many different things, whether it's something as simple as sex or politics. Some people live their whole lives believing that if they could just get the right person in power or if they could just reorganize the governments of the world in a certain way that they think would be right, then there would be peace and prosperity on earth and everybody would be happy. And they're obsessed. They are absolutely obsessed with that mission. There are people that get obsessed with religion. They believe that their religion is the right religion. Everybody needs to convert. The whole world needs to believe what they believe. And the kingdom of God cannot fully be recognized in this world or in this universe until every living soul on earth converts to what they believe. So all of these things could be examples of things that people become obsessed with. And whether it's the idea of the Buddhists or the Gnostics who say, well, we keep coming back over and over and over again because we're so engrossed in these trappings that have been set up around us that we just keep coming back for those same purposes over and over and over, thousands upon thousands of times, but we never do accomplish that mission because this world is set up in such a way that we're supposed to fail, and that's what keeps us coming back. Other people, other belief systems say that we're so obsessed with these particular things that When we die, we might uh, go into the spirit world and find ourselves on a very low spiritual plane, maybe even lower than life here on planet Earth, where souls of like mind continually fight and struggle and war with one another because they all have the, the same mindset. They're all obsessed with this same kind of ideology, but maybe uh, they're all set at different sides of the pole. So they just fight and bicker, and it's such a miserable place. And they don't ascend from there until they get the realization that, wow, this is wrong. I've been wrong. I'm not happy doing this. And there's nothing in this that is contributing to my spiritual growth. And some people naturally think that the more attached we are to the things of this world when we die, we would go to a place of hell uh, where there is the ultimate suffering. I myself, being one who reads and studies the Urantia book, uh, read something in there the other day uh, that that really uh, kind of inspired this podcast because it was talking about suffering in this world that mankind does have to undergo a certain amount of suffering and and trials 
And many times those trials and those sufferings are because of change in our lives. We lose people, we lose things, we lose jobs, we lose possessions that we, that we covet. Or maybe the world changes the way we think the world should be and we don't like it. And we have sadness, we have nostalgia, we have depression, we have anger, we have resentment. People saying, oh, those were the good old days. But the Arantia book says that we must go through these kinds of trials and these kinds of sufferings because if we didn't, if everything remained the same around us all the time, we would remain the same all the time. We would never learn. We would never grow. We would never be prepared to ascend the heights of the heavens when we leave this world. In fact, the, uh, the Arantia book talks about, and I've, I've mentioned this on the show before, that when each human being is born, we are given um, a piece of God. There, there is that divine spark within each and every one of us. And as we live, as we grow in our faith, as we become stronger, as we become better people, as we seek God and right living and service to others and love and compassion and kindness in our lives, our human personality will begin to bond with that divine spark within us, and that is what becomes the human soul. And that is what survives physical death. But if you ignore those things, if you're just caught up in the things of this world, you want to step on others, you want to fight, you want to hate, you want to war, you continually ignore basically the ways of love, the golden rule, doing good, all those things previously mentioned, that your personality will not bond with that divine spark and then when you die that divine spark that divine spirit within will return to god but the personality perishes you don't go on and the arantia book basically teaches that that is uh the second and and final death you are just no more you know but it's the choice of each and every one of us and God is always loving, God is always kind, God 100% wants each and every one of us to grow our soul, to be good people, children of God, brothers and sisters to one another, and go into the next dimensions of life when we learn that when we leave this world. But we have to think about that, the, the mind and the soul stagnating if we continually hold on to things in this world and we don't want to let go of them we want to hold on to our ideas our attitudes our way of doing things and as i've mentioned in a couple of podcasts back uh, we see a lot of religious people out there in the world right now. Uh, they're, they're all talking Bible and Jesus and God, but their actions, the things they're saying and the things they're doing, 
are very much wrapped up in an agenda, and a lot of them a political agenda. And we see a lot of hate coming out of these people. So this is religion or communion with God uh, just really being a disguise for human agendas, people that want to hold on to what they want to hold on to, the way they think the world should be, the way they think everyone else should be, and they will persecute and they will hate if you're not. We have a lot of people saying, well, you know, we don't want anything to change. Change is evil. We need, uh, in the United States, everybody wants to go back to the good old days, the way it was in, you know, the 80s, the 70s, the, you know, the 60s, the 50s. You know, back in the good old days, you know, that's how we need the government to be. That's how we need the country to be. That's how we need people to behave. But, you know, I had another show uh, a ways back. It was a show that talked about the paranormal. And my, my co-host, uh, his, by the name of Stan Wanglin, uh, he had a show called Just Thinking. And he, uh, he had a show entitled, Were the Good Old Days Really So Good? And he's an older gentleman. He's, uh, you know, approaching 70 years old. And he talked about how people look back you know, so with so much nostalgia, oh, we need to get back to the good old days. And they live their whole lives trying to get back to the good old days, protesting and fighting and hating and resenting or mourning that we're no longer living in a certain time and in a certain era. You know, their lives are always in sadness, mourning for what once was. But he said in that show, if you look back, you know, there was this very happy plastic face of the American dream. People went to work, people went to church every Sunday. But the way women were treated was absolutely horrible. The way blacks or, you know, people of color were treated were absolutely terrible. Look up some of the... uh, Uh, The comic strips and even Halloween costumes and things that were in newspapers and magazines back in, you know, the, the 50s and the 60s. Absolutely horrible things that were written about people of color, especially black people. So was it really the good old days or it was the good old days for you know, white America. And we see people trying to change that in this particular time we live in, and there are a lot of folks that don't like it. No, we like privileged white America. And these are people, again, that many of them claim to be religious, but look what they're holding on to. They don't want that change. Their souls and their minds have stagnated because they're perseverated on this particular point in time in history or in their lives, and they'll do anything to get back to that. Even if there are people in our society that are our neighbors, 
or go to the same church as we do, if those people are hurt, overlooked, trampled over, insulted, made to feel like they don't belong in our society. And folks, that's just wrong. To want to go back to that kind of life in any country, that is not exuding the love of God from your heart and your soul. Because you don't care what happens to your brothers and sisters, no matter what color they are. You just want what you want, because to you, that was the good old days. And so we have to start to, you know, divest ourselves of these things. We have to embrace certain changes. We have to look to where the Spirit is leading us in our own lives through trial, through change, when things aren't working out quite the way uh, we think they should. Maybe we need to stop and pause and say, what is God trying to tell me in this? Because no matter what I do, no matter what I try, no matter how hard I try to get back to what I thought was so important, there just seems to be an impenetrable wall. Why is that? Is God urging your mind to expand and your soul to grow? And it's not that God is sending us, you know, these trials, you know, uh, particularly when we, when we talk about uh, the Arantia book and the way it presents God. It presents him in a very loving and a very kind way. And he doesn't test us and send us suffering and trials uh, through disease and physical sufferings as uh, many religious people do. Uh, those things are just things that happen in our natural world as it is right now. It's not God sending them upon us. But now there are certain other things that may be orchestrated by God or the angels, as I said, going through a certain trial because things are changing. Your own life, the world, God just seems to be saying, you can't go back to that. You, you can't stay on this road you're on. You know, this is not a good place for you to be. You have to see the light and rise above and change direction. See, folks, that's what it's all about. And we need to pay attention to that. We can't always be angry and mean and hateful and violent and scream and cry and go through all these menageries when things aren't going the way we think they should go. And that's part of dying to this world or getting rid of all of these attachments to the things of this world. Now that doesn't mean if change is taking place in the world and it's bad that we shouldn't stop it. It's not like if suddenly the next uh, Nazi regime springs up in America and starts overtaking society in the country, 
that doesn't mean we sit back and go, oh, well, you know, I guess uh, that's just the change God wants in the world and I have to learn from it. No, we have to know right from wrong. And we have to know that human beings, especially when they are obsessed with the things of this world, particularly power, money, and fame, it will drive them to do some very terrible things to gain control of more power, more money, or all of it. And so there's a difference there in, in realizing when God is trying to show us what we need to change or look at differently in our lives as opposed to something really bad or evil that is happening that we need to step up, come together, and put to an end. But see, if we all started working on our own enlightenment, rising in consciousness, rising above all of these trappings, well, then we wouldn't be having wars. We wouldn't have politicians in the United States who are billionaires trying to do away with social security that people have worked their whole lives and paid into so they have a retirement and the ultra-rich want to take that away from them so they have more money. And people that are obsessed with their own ideologies and the things of this world, they, they can't even see common sense. There have been talks about uh, Social Security here in the United States, just as, as an example, where they say, hey, th this is something that the people pay into that is their money and the government somewhere along the line labeled it as a tax which means they can pay out the little bit that people might get each month and then take the rest which can be millions or billions of dollars out of the social security fund and people have said and then they'll say well you know social security is uh going under it's going bankrupt, and, and it's been suggested to these people, and I've, I've seen this uh, you know, presented to politicians on TV, where they'll say, well, why don't you just leave the money alone, and that will start to kind of course correct, because you're, you're paying out what you, you know, the little bit that the people get, and then you take all the rest, why don't you just leave it alone? And what was the response to that every time was, we can't do that like something horrible and bad was going to happen if they left that money alone. And now we have people, you know, who think uh, something like Social Security is uh, a benefit like welfare, but it's not. This is something that every man and woman that works in the, in the United States pays into every week of their life that they work for their retirement. Or if they become disabled, something happens and they can draw on it uh, earlier in life. But that's just an example. And, you know, not to get in, uh, you know, politics are such, uh, especially in the time we're living in right now, uh, you can always make a great example of the actions and the mindsets of people based on a lot of things that are going on politically right now because it's absolutely out of control. 
but again, this this is just an example of, of how people become obsessed with these ideas and they can't hear, they can't reason. And then we don't think, what's going to happen when I die? Where will I go? What's going to happen to my eternal soul when I leave this world? And I think that's why so many people are afraid of death. Even people who are spiritual or religion or religious, you talk to them about death, oh, I don't want to talk about that. Well, that, that creeps me out. That makes me nervous. And I hope I'm ready when, when my time comes. Well, why aren't people making sure that they're ready? As we talked about in the last show, living your life, preparing for your death doing all the things that are right and good and kind and loving. It doesn't necessarily cost money to do that. Most of it does not. And it certainly doesn't involve, you know, planting all of our roots into the things of this world. And it certainly wouldn't be worth dying and coming back to this world for anything. I mean, not in my book. It wouldn't be worth dying and going to hell or a lower spiritual realm where there's more suffering and fighting and bickering among souls than there is in this world. It's not worth dying and the personality not going on because we didn't merge with that divine spark that was given to us as a gift at our birth. And see that that's the one that I always kind of lean more towards. I've I've had a thought that was something like that back when I was in my my early mid teens. I remember talking to my friends about it. And that's why I find uh this Urantia book, if you don't know what that is, it's uh spelled U R A N T I A. I believe if I spelled that right, book. And, uh, you know, it's something that I started to read. And I saw a lot of ideas in that book that I thought about that I never heard anybody else talk about. And so it resonated with me. And I believe it's, it's very possible that we could forfeit our spiritual life by letting our personality just die and return to nothingness and the spirit of God within us departs and goes back to where it came from. But no matter which one of these scenarios are correct, one or all of them or some of them or, you know, whatever the case may be, I don't think anything in this world is worth staying on that cycle for, whether you come back to this life and repeat it, whether you carry it into your next life, or whether it somehow affects your chances of survival into the next life. Didn't Jesus say, where your heart is, there your treasure will be also? So where is your treasure? What is it that is of most importance to you? 
Is it in politics? Is it in sports? Is it in fortune and fame and sex, being a ladies' man or, you know, a, uh, you know, a, a man's woman? Well, however that would go, I don't know. A rock star or a sex symbol, you know, whatever, whatever people want to be. Is it most important to you? Does your treasure lie in saying, geez, I want to get the world back to the way it was uh, when I was younger, back in the, the, the 90s or the 80s or the 70s or, you know, the 50s, whatever? Is that the thing you are absolutely obsessed with? Where is your treasure? I think that's a really good exercise for all of us to do and sit down and ask ourselves, what is really important to me? And, and see, I'm, a, I'm kind of a visual person with something like this. I, I kind of envision it as taking a piece of paper, drawing a line down the middle, and how people make a pros and a cons list in, in each section. Uh, I would put God, and then I would put everything else on, on you know, on the other column. And I would just write down underneath each of those top, those uh, headings, God and everything else, starting from number one and going onward, what is most important to me? And see how many of those things that are so important to you are in the everything else category. Because most people, everything else dominates and when everything else dominates then that is a great indication that we are much too immersed in the things of this world and maybe we better start rearranging our priorities because what do most people think about in a day? It's the work. It's how much money they make. What needs to be done when they get home? What projects around the house do they need to work on on the weekend? What do they want to buy? When, when are they going to get the new car? When are they going to be able to move? When are they going to get that new house? Are they going to get that promotion at work? Someone who does a lot of spiritual counseling. Uh, most people, the things they ask, when am I going to get more money? And when is my ex-lover coming back? For years, that would be nine and a half people out of ten that come to me every day. So out of every ten, there's maybe one person or sometimes less that wants to talk about something that's bigger outside of the sphere of this world's influence. So everything else really does rule most people's lives. And they're really not thinking about how they can expand their relationship with God, how they can be of service to others in their community, or even starting a little blog on the internet, just something to put out there, to encourage others, to help others, to let other people know that you care. If you can donate money, great. If you have a bunch of old toys or clothes in your closet that you can donate, great. 
most people aren't thinking about how they can spend time with their family on the weekend and do things to come together, make some nice memories, have fun, be in each other's company. No, they're thinking about what they have to do on the weekend. Get the kids to the football game. Get the kids to the soccer game. Go to the soccer game. Go to the basketball game. Mow the lawn. Clean the house. Trim the tree. What you know outside the branch that's overgrowing. All these different things that are a continual bombardment of everything else. And then it spirals from there into, again, the politics. Or some people, organized religion. How their pastor or their priest tells them to live their lives. And sometimes what comes from the pulpit doesn't necessarily jive with what's in the book that they're supposedly upholding. So making that list to see where your treasure is, where is your heart? What do you think about most of the time? What do you devote most of your time, attention, and thought life to? And chances are for most people, it will go in the everything else category. And that is a bit of a red flag to say, hey, wait a minute. Maybe it's time to uh, rearrange some priorities here. And you know what's going to happen if you rearrange those priorities? The peace and the contentment and just the emotional stability, the things that will start to happen within you in your thought life, in your emotional life, in your spiritual life, is just amazing. I've never met anybody who didn't say after doing something like this that it felt like they never lived before. They didn't even, they couldn't even remember what they did, how they functioned, being so buried in the everything else. And then one of the incredible benefits after that is, you know, that starts creeping into your physical environment. As we think, so we are. So you start to see life uh, begin to shape itself in these awesome little ways that are a blessing. And I think that's because when we start getting our lives on track, when we start purposely trying to follow the ways of the good, follow the ways of God, that we start to dodge a lot of trials and things that happen in our lives because we don't need that wake-up call to hit a wall that tells us, hey, you're going in the wrong direction. And it's not such a shock. It's not such a big issue. I think things begin to run a lot more smoothly with maybe some smaller trials mixed in because we're already purposefully walking in that right direction. We're walking toward the light. We're walking toward God. We're talking or we're walking toward what really matters. We're putting our treasure into something that is beyond this world and taking all of our investment out of the everything else. 
And you definitely do start to notice a difference when you do that. And so as usual, folks, I hope you got something out of this podcast today. I appreciate you listening. And you know, this uh, I do this because this is one of my little ways to give back, to put something positive out there. Not telling people what to do to be their teacher or their guru or anything of that nature, but just telling people, hey, you know what? It's okay to get out of the ego. It's okay to get out of that headspace that everybody else wants to fill with their ideas. And it's okay to listen to your own heart and say, hey, God, are you in there? What are you saying to me? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to know? And you're going to be so blessed when you do that. And so this is just one of my little ways to try to put something positive out there to help people. And I really hope that it's helpful to those of you, to the, to those of you that listen to this podcast. So again, I thank you for listening. I appreciate it. As always, stay safe, stay well, be good to one another, love one another, and make that list. Take a couple minutes to sit down and just start writing that list. Find out where your heart is, where your treasure is, and see if there's some balancing that could be done in where you're putting your time and attention. Be blessed, everyone, and I'll see you next time here on The Infinite Journey.